I want to welcome my first guest ever to Phenomenal You Podcast, which is my brother, Kelvin. Welcome. How are you doing? Hi, uh, it's good to be and it's an honor to be the first, I guess, guest in your podcast. <clears throat> I'm, I'm doing well, thankfully. Um, so like Tiffany said, I, I'm her brother, younger brother, even though I necessarily don't feel like the youngest because we're not, it's not even that much of an age difference. Um, uh, Kelvin, Lara, Tiffany's younger brother, youngest brother, um, about 26 years old. So again, not much of an age difference, but I am the youngest. Yeah. So now you know the bio and the history of the family, but I really wanted to incorporate my family to into the podcast because you all have shaped or seen witness what I have been through, right? Through all of these, um, life experiences I've had, but today I really want to actually get your perspective on something we went through as a family and how through all of that resiliency through getting through what we did which we're going to talk about in a minute we really have created this phenomenal way of being together and united in our family and i wanted to talk to you about it because um the major thing that happened was actually a couple months ago around christmas time of 2020 going into the new year of 2021 in January was actually we as a family, right? We're a family of five immediate family, our two grandmothers as well. And at the time I was living with everyone. So it was seven of us in one household and we got COVID, right? The biggest thing that happened in 2020, this virus, this pandemic. And, you know, we experienced that together. And that's also something that's very unique. It's unfortunate, but it's actually something that's very unique. But I wanted to get your perspective on it as our my little brother, because you were actually the first one in the family to test positive um, with COVID back in December of 2020. And then from there, we it kind of was like a domino effect of we all received it, right? We all got mm-hmm. that virus. So I wanted to just hear your perspective in terms of you feeling those symptoms then seeing that you were positive then after that basically you went from being sick to seeing all of us get sick around christmas time and then really being caregiver to six people actually in our family right Mm -hmm. so you know i I just want to hear from your words like how was that starting off when you were like hey i think i'm feeling sick or I have the results. I came out positive with this COVID virus. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll just backtrack, just tell the story from when it all started or maybe even before it all started. Um, I obviously we were all at home at the time. Obviously, the ban- the pandemic was pretty much at that time was at its pinnacle. It's pretty much it was when it was affecting a lot of people around the world within the community, even the community it is that you lived in. Uh, you can more or less kind of tell, uh, like even just by going on walks around the neighborhood that, you know, everybody was reserved. Uh, things looked and most definitely felt a lot different than what the they highest, normally would. It was the highest yeah, so month of the peak. cases, right? right the peaks right, right. of family households. Right. We were seeing that a lot in the news right. or receiving it from our doctors, right? Right. So it's, I, I personally don't like watching the news, even though our dad did uh, 24-7 Um that was hard. But yeah, I know it was hard just because me personally, I, I don't like listening to the news for the simple reason that not um, not too many of what is said, not too many of what is shared is positive. 
especially during that time. And I understand you had to make the community know, or I guess more or less know what was going on, uh, what was happening around the world, and what to expect. Um, I personally didn't like hearing that because it, or at least I felt like it would bring a lot of anxiety to some people. Uh, whether if it's your grandmas, whether if it's your parents, friends, uh, or whoever is uh, within the household that is that you live in, uh, it brings up a lot of anxiety because you know you just don't know. Um, and to be honest, my mentality, like when it first started, it wasn't really, I guess, in the sense that I was worried about it because uh, you kind of felt like within the community it is that you were living on or living in you felt untouchable because you know you've never had to go through anything you know that severe i guess we can call it now just based off of what has happened um but i didn't necessarily feel like i was going to get it nor anybody in the family was at least that was my mentality from the start um and, and I, I think that's was for everyone right like no, I'm, I'm healthy. I, I won't get it. Or if I do, it's not going to be a big deal because I'm young. You and I are young, right? Right, right. So we were thinking that it was going to affect us, but we were worried about grandmas being yeah. one in the 90s, one in her 80s, and dad having heart condition that he does as well, right? So it was it was like we're worried for them. Um, so, right. yeah, you're right. You, we thought we were like, this isn't going to affect us whatsoever. We're going to fly through this and get by and not get touched by this virus right and right our surprise what happened yeah so so the thing is that two weeks before I, I guess you can say i guess contracted it or felt i guess physically different was uh i went yeah the symptom or symptomatic i should say sorry um i felt um or i went to the beach uh, I went to Santa Monica Beach. Um, when I went, I didn't necessarily expect to see too many people there, even though I kind of more or less knew, okay, um, there's probably going to be a good amount of people there, just not as much as I expected when I went. Um, obviously, some people with a mask, people without a mask. Um, but um, I went with a couple of my friends. Uh, it's not like we mingled with like the people that were there walked around or anything we just basically chose a spot at the beach to lay on hang out talk you know and just have a good time mm -hmm. uh so that's what happened um and we were there for a few hours uh and then i ended up coming back home uh two weeks later is when i started feeling sick but at the same time uh, i also was going to work at the time mm -hmm. um and I was going into work. It's not like I was necessarily working from home. Uh, I was going into work. Uh, I do work at a middle school, <clears throat> at a charter school, uh, to be a little bit more specific. And um, I would go and everything would be fine. So the thing is that when I came back from uh, work, uh, I felt fine two weeks later after I came from the beach. Um, I started to feel at night specifically, I started to feel um, warm, right? So I went to sleep and I was like, okay, this will be over by the morning. It's probably just the weather type of deal. Uh, or it might just be in my room, it might just be hot in here and I might just be tripping. So the thing is that I, the thing is that I, 
got up the next morning and I still felt like I had elevated temperature. And of course, that's one of the symptoms, one of the many symptoms it is that you get from COVID. Um, so I felt that way. And then after I, I felt that way, I texted work and I said, hey, you know what? I'm not feeling too well. Just to be safe, I'm going to go ahead and stay home uh, and work from home. So I did that. Um, and I, I, of course, I let you guys know when you guys were there at the time that I didn't necessarily feel 100%. So once I told you guys that, then I guess that's pretty much when the quarantine began. Um, I wasn't really even going out that much uh, out of my room, I should say. I pretty much stayed in my room almost 100% of the time. Um, the only time that I went out was to use the restroom. Um, and that's practically it. I would just go there, come back and, you know, just spend the rest of my day in the room. So, I mean, and I remember during that time too, that, you know, we weren't sure if you had COVID or not for a good week, a good six days, we didn't know. But as soon as you felt the symptoms, you're like, I'm not going to work. I'm going to be responsible not to do this. Right. You and I had a conversation um, and I asked you, like, if you do have it, where do you think you got it from? Uh-huh. You know, I was like, you went out with your friends, but that was really 14 days ago. And you just started feeling sick 14 days later. It doesn't add up to what we're, what we had learned about at that time in the virus, right? With the CDC or anything they were saying in the news as uh-huh. well. Uh-huh. And you said, well, someone from work told me they were feeling sick. And they didn't have a mask in that moment when they were talking to me and we were basically in the room, right? Right, right. So, like, like it's not like, uh, I guess to put it in perspective for the people who listen, like, it's not like we were, like, directly right next to each other right. or, like, two feet, three feet away from each other. I was on one side of the classroom. Uh, he was on the other side of the classroom. Uh, and just one day in particular, I think it was the week before, uh, where he had mentioned when he was in there, he said he, that he, did, he felt like he was getting a cold. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, if you don't feel well, then, you know, you should, you should have stayed home or whatever the case is, right? You know, like there's always people that go into work sick, uh, whether if they feel something major or something minor, there's always those types of people. Um, so, you know, I kind of more or less brushed it under the rug, even though most people would probably not. Um, but of course I did have my mask on. Uh, after he told me that so um, obviously I mean that that really didn't make a difference uh, about a week and a half later so which was about seven days which it's what it takes to potentially be contracted with the virus right right? now that we know a little bit more about that situation so you know this person not having a mask even if you did it wasn't enough because it could have landed on the light switch on the table, something you touch without knowing the doorknob, right? And mm-hmm. there we go. We have it seven days later. You're feeling some symptoms. Mm-hmm. You stay home. You're like, I'm not going into work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did the responsible thing for everybody else, but it's still, and as much as we tried, right? Like we were taking food to your room. We weren't sure if you were sick or not. So I also don't think as a family, knowing being so much educated, also I think so much more information came out after December because so many people were having it mm-hmm. that I think we learned that there sh- should have been so many things we shouldn't have done. Right. So many things we shouldn't have done. And it's, right. y'all, it's as simple as like, we should have gotten paper plates and cups for you. 
right? Right. Um, and we didn't do that. It could have been that way. Even though you had your own cup, it wasn't like we were sharing the same ones and washing yeah. them. It was just like, yeah. these were his plates, his cups, his utensils. Don't touch them. Yeah. But I don't think we should have done that. Right. Um, but now we know, right? Now we right, know. Right, 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 right. So, um, you know, you, you had minor symptoms. It wasn't too bad for you. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that was minor. Um, I would say more or less when I started feeling sick, like I was a, a good few days, a little less than seven days into, the, I guess, having COVID. <clears throat> and then um, I, I guess, officially got the news of about four days later, I guess. I went to go get tested with uh, Brian here. Um, our and, other brother. Yeah, our... <laughs> middle brother the middle mm -hmm. child mm -hmm. in the family so he and i went to go get tested um and we got the results back because at, at the time normally you would get the results back uh him and i would usually get it about maybe two days later but since so many people were getting tested the lines were really long you had to wait like about an hour a little over that sometimes just to get a test and then since it was in high demand at the time especially during the holidays um we got it back about four days later so i think we went around what was it again brian it was around maybe f friday that we went and we didn't get our results until maybe thursday, thursday. and i remember that day and it was or a thursday. tuesday or wednesday right right yeah. and i remember that day that you received and i think it was a thursday because right. you said that morning i can barely taste i'm right i'm losing my <laughs> sense of taste and smell yeah and I was just like, he has it. And that was the confirmation, right? We were just, it's probably just the cold. That's all it is. Right. It's probably right. just the cold. Right, yeah. Could but be. when you said that, it was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> be because when I was, when, you know how when some people get the flu and whatnot, you know, like you can't normally fully taste things 100% for right. like about a day or two. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe it's a cold. Maybe it's like really, get, really, really getting to me. So... I'm gonna give it a day or two, right? And then after the, that day or two passed, uh, it was three, four, five, six days, and I was kind of like, okay, shit, like I more more than likely have it. But I mean, by then I was, I guess, at the final stages of it. By the time that I kind of more or less were like, was like, uh, okay, like this is 100% true. But I guess what really confirmed it for me was when when I got the test back on Tuesday or Wednesday later on in the following week uh, I was uh, playing PlayStation with my friends uh, and then I got the text message and I got the email saying oh your results are in so I kind of was like okay oh shit like here we go it's the moment of truth right here so I click on it I log in or put the information and asked me to put in and I see it says positive and I asked my brother I said hey what did what did you get um, and he ended up getting negative, testing negative for it. Which is the reason why that's unique is because one, both of you at that time shared a room. Right. Both of you work at the same place. Right. You both went to go test it in the same car at the same time. Right. And he was negative and you were positive. Right, right. When you saw that result and you asked him and you knew his test results, mm -hmm. how did you feel? I guess it was more of a sigh of relief, I would say, because... You know, like having us driven in the same car to work, uh, from work and to work, uh, going to get tested, um, and overall uh, sharing the same room together. 
um it, it was kind of a sigh of relief because i was kind of like we probably out of everyone in the house we probably were in the closest proximity of each other um so that was i guess a sigh of relief you can say um but i i knew for sure that we weren't necessarily out of the woods yet because you know it's not like it's oh like if he tests negative then everyone in the house is going to be fine right like you mentioned earlier we have uh obviously older parents uh grandmothers as well two of them um and that was pretty much the main worry especially when you would hear on the news it's like oh like these people who have this uh underlying condition are the most at risk uh, of ending up in the hospital or of passing away so i mean that was more or less my thought after that but yeah like i would say the whole time that I was in the room by myself, um, before and after I found out, I was just more or less telling myself, you know, like I, I got to come to terms with the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. that I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't necessarily surprised, yeah. but I was surprised when I got it, when I got the results, I was just more of kind of like, oh shit. Like I just had to get off the PlayStation. Like I was kind of like, okay, like I need to process this and just really sit here and mm-hmm. think about it. Uh, so I just right then and there, mid game, I told my I friends. I don't see you doing. I didn't know you took time to process. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I don't see you do that, right? You you're not the person that does that. Right, right. But you did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Finding that right now. Yeah. Yeah, you were processing. Yeah. So I saw the the um, results on my phone, you know, and immediately like you, it's just that like you're overcome with emotion not necessarily of wanting to cry or anything just more of like oh shit for you yeah it wasn't crying yeah no 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 it wasn't any of that uh crying emotion it was just more of like oh shit oh like it's like the feeling of guilt for say Mm -hmm. so i was kind of there and i was just like fuck like i really got the virus like this is fucking crazy Mm -hmm. so um i was there and i just took time to myself and i was like kind of like you know what i talked to myself earlier this week when i was in the room in quarantine and i told myself that i more than likely had it and if i had it then i had to be okay with it you know like i'm not gonna sw- sit there and dwell on the fact that uh you know like i have to worry about a b c d e f g all the way through z because at the end of the day that makes you feel worse obviously not physically but emotionally like it, it kind of fucks with you So I kind of more or less was just like, okay, you know what? It is what it is. Um, I have it. I have it. Um, Let's stay positive and not negative. And let's get out of this as soon as possible. Let's get back to 100%. So that was my mentality to it. So um, I really didn't take it negatively. I took it more positively. Um, I guess I would say even though you do have your worries sometimes based on you know some some of the things it is that you feel or some of the things it is that you think um, and I I, th- I think probably during the entire process of me being sick those few weeks uh, I was just telling myself you know like hey just remain positive you'll be fine don't even worry about it just keep drinking water keep eating even though you can't really test anything um, just keep doing normal routine don't think about it you know and next thing you know you'll find yourself out of the situation and you'll be fine yeah and you know you told the whole family we all went to go get tested and the same thing right we waited a while for our results mine came immediately like the next day when i went for some reason and i was negative um 
we knew Brian was already negative. Then our parents and our grandmothers went. And I remember the day that they went, um, dad felt sick in the car. He had the, he had the symptoms already. And, yeah. and he went on the Monday. And I think Christmas was again on the Thursday or Friday, right? And that was your end of quarantine. That was your 14 days. Hey, I'm yeah. good. I'm out of the woodworks at least, right? And on that day you came out, we had Christmas dinner. Um, dad only feels sick for one day, the day he went to go get tested on Monday. And we're like, no, you don't have it either, dad. You only feel sick for like two hours, three hours, and that was it. Never, He didn't have any other symptoms after those three hours, right? Yeah. And tests come back on Christmas morning when we wake up. We wake up to those texts. Everyone in the home is negative. You're out of it. And dad is positive now. Yeah. Dad has a heart risk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, what do we do? What's going to happen? But at the same time, it, by that time, it had been maybe, maybe for sure that we know a good five days already that he yeah. he had it. Yeah. Maybe before, right? Right. So, you know, dad, dad was fine. And, and even though he was high risk and all that stuff, so that's great. I don't. I don't know if the grandmas got it. I still don't know. I feel they did. I don't know if it was more like psychological because they saw all of us sick. The point is we all came out of it, right? Mm-hmm. But Brian and I and mom tested negative. But as Christmas went, it was like December 26th. Mom was like, I'm going into the room. I don't feel well. I think I have it. We're like, mom, no, you don't. Yeah. Then the 27th, Brian and I went... Um, Oh, no, it was you and I that went to Costco, and I was feeling sick. I was like, I think I might have it. And mm-hmm. Brian started telling me he was feeling like this weird headache, and it hadn't gone away. The next day, on December 27th, I remember it was a Sunday, we both looked at each other, and I was just like, Brian, we have it. We have to go quarantine in our rooms. Mm-hmm. And that's when you and Brian changed, because Brian started sleeping in the living room while you were sick, or you found out you were positive. Then it was over for you, and it was starting for us, mm-hmm. and we switched, right? We switched in that sense. And um, it was just like this experience where we were all taking care of you, making sure you were okay. You're the baby of the family, you know? Mm-hmm. And it went from you being out of quarantine, sleeping in the living room, and all of us being in our rooms quarantined and you taking care of six people and the dog. Yeah, yeah. So How was that experience for being patient zero to being caregiver of the family now for about a week? With yeah. being sick, your yeah. whole family has this virus or is feeling sick at least, right? Yeah. How was that for you going from that person being taken care of, being the boy and the baby of the family, in yeah. the Latino mm-hmm. culture, you know, mm-hmm. and being like, t- yeah. like I said, cooking for you, giving you stuff, making yeah. sure checking in on you. And then yeah. it turns out and it's just like, we can't do that for you anymore. We can't help you right now at all. Right. We're not coming out of our rooms. We're quarantining each of us in our rooms. Yeah. How was that? Um, well, I mean, it was just, you know, crazy, but then again, I wouldn't say it was unexpected because like, I, I guess everyone just started falling one by one. Like, I guess it was dad first. Yeah. (laughs) It was dad first. Obviously he had about a good week into it, maybe a little more before you guys, I guess. Yeah. Fully quarantined. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was... Or I, I had already been two weeks, I guess, in, in isolation uh, in my room. Not necessarily isolated because, like, it's not like I wasn't talking to anyone. It's not like I didn't see anyone. Um, but, you know, like, I was by myself most of the time. I wasn't in the living room like how I normally am sometimes or in the kitchen. Or I, most definitely I wasn't working out 
which was a big part of my routine on a weekly basis. So that kind of hit hard because obviously you do lose, you know, um, your strength, you do lose a little bit of your mass. So that kind of sucked. But, you know, obviously, you know, I had to get healthy again before I could even think about lifting any weights. So, you know, when everyone went down, it was just kind of like, okay, well, here's two more weeks or about another week before I guess fully normally interacting with everybody in the house again, like whether it's in the living room or if it's room to room or outside or whatever the case is, front yard, backyard. Um, it was kind of crazy in the sense that, you know, I, I was by myself for two weeks already and I had to be by myself again for at least mm -hmm. another week. Well, you knew somebody was in another side of the wall. Basically. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's not like I really even did anything other than obviously make breakfast for pretty much everyone for, you know, for you, for, for you and Brian, for mom, dad, uh, and for my two grandmas. You know, I basically had to make food for six people. Um, and, you know, not everyone likes the same thing uh yeah. yeah so so it was kind of hard because like you had a like if you wanted to make one thing if you had your sights set on one thing to make um then you know one or two people said oh well i i don't want that i want this mm -hmm. and it's kind of like yeah like it like now it's not the time to be picky right because right. like i know how to cook a little bit but it's not like i know how to cook <laughs> well uh enough to um, say oh well let me make this let me make this if you don't like this I can make this yeah. um, it I don't know how to cook to that capacity but I do know how to cook in a sense mm -hmm. I guess very limited but still know a little bit but yeah it was um, crazy in the sense that you know I had to maybe make different things sometimes in the morning like two different things three different things um, or there was times where um, for dinner or maybe for lunch, a few of you guys were hungry, so like I had to maybe just make something really fast and then leave it there for you guys to come get. And, and we all had different symptoms, so it wasn't like all of us were hungry at the same time, mm -hmm. or also just a craving because you really want to feel comforted sometimes during that time, right? Yeah. So um, there were times that yes, we all had different symptoms. No one experienced it exactly the same, and that was also just a trip in itself where yeah. we're telling you like, hey, can you do this because this is how I'm feeling. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it also went with our symptoms. So that was also like hard because you're right. Everyone wanted something different or even felt different symptoms that really affected them. And that was also scary for us to listen to one another. But I don't know if this was for you or you saw this now or you're processing this now. But I feel this virus, not just a physical thing, but it's also very psychological because it's so scary. What's out there is scary. What you've seen is scary, you know, um, so it's not just a physical thing it's also a psychological virus that you have to really grasp and stay positive through everything um but it changes the way that you feel it changes your appetite as well mm -hmm. it's not easy and seeing everyone go through all of these hard symptoms was very difficult it was very yeah. hard at least for me it was right and it was scary yeah and i had to sit there i had to pray i had to meditate i had to call affirmations to the universe and I had to just say, like, just get me through this. If you get me through this, I am going to do all of these things, right, in this world. Let me stay here. Let my family stay here with me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, you really, like, stepped up to it. And I think that's when I realized 
for me, and not that I, well, I don't know if I saw you this way, and I think, and I already told you, but for me, that's when I saw you, my baby brother, step up, and I was like, he's a man because he took care of the family. He's a man because he cooked for us breakfast, lunch, dinner. He went grocery shopping during that week. He was walking the dog. He was attending to us. If we wanted tea, he would make us tea. It wouldn't be right away because he was with everyone's needs, right? Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like, in a way, like a chef taking orders from everyone. Yeah, <laughs> so um, that's when I really felt you, for the first time ever, I saw it where you had stepped up. And I was like, no, my bro's a man. Like, he's a man and he has my respect. And I don't even know if I would do this because I don't see him stressing out. I've never seen him from him. He's a very chill dude. Yeah. But... We talked and we did a lot of FaceTime, even though you were in the living room yeah. and I was in the room. And you said, I am stressed right now. I've yeah. never heard you say that, even with finals you had in college, yeah. <laughs> with all the pressure you had and everything you've handled. You have never, ever told me I am stressed out. You've been the opposite of that. You've told me to chill out because yeah. I do get stressed out. Yeah. But you don't until that week. And you said, I'm stressed. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy because it's it's like some people would probably say, oh, well, like cooking is not a big deal. But, you know, like I think you just really, I guess, in a sense, laid it out for people in, in the sense that, you know, there's, se- I guess, six different people in the house, seven with myself, obviously, who had different needs. Not everyone had the same needs. So, you know, you had to cater to, you know, uh, six different people uh, based on, you know, what it is they wanted, at what time they wanted it. Um, so it was, I guess, kind of difficult because, you know, you had to get up early enough to where, you know, they like it wouldn't be too late, but it wouldn't be too early to mm-hmm. where, you know, you would say, hey, food's out here. And then one of them yeah. say, oh, well, I'm not that hungry. And it's kind of like, OK, like I wasted time making this uh, and you tell me you don't want it or you would rather have something else. So it's kind of yeah. like like that we weren't helping you too much right no no so (laughs) i mean it was kind of like it kind of sucked there yeah on top of that and i and i would say that probably had the biggest effect and probably why i was stressed and we all have different dietary needs one of our grandmas is diabetic so we have to be careful there uh like mom and other grandma her mom are very sensitive with their stomach right so not a lot of condiments yeah and dad has to be a vegan due to health as well so you have four different dietary needs as right, well right right so so, so that mm-hmm. was an, another challenge with that so uh other than that you know i'm i was the only one who would be able to uh at the time i guess my, my dad had asked me he's like hey you know since i'm sick i have a few more days left before i come out and mm-hmm. you know tiffany's not available um, or anyone else, you know, it it's it comes down to you to putting the insulin into oh, yeah. my mom, which is my dad's mom. So you know, I was just like, I've never done this before. I've seen you do it, obviously, because I'm around the house. But oh, yeah. you know, it called me right, yeah. So it's it's <laughs> never like it was never to the extent to where you know I had to you know go and learn mm-hmm. uh, like you did. Um, yeah. I guess that kind of added on to it as well because you know people who are diabetic they need it you yeah. know and if they don't have it then you know that's that's their life it is that you're playing with right so the thing is that um that added on to it i had to pretty much learn on the fly 
Um, yeah, like right before giving her an injection, you're like, how the hell did I do this? Right. And I, and you're right. I learned because I saw like a nurse come and do it. I saw dad do it. Or I yeah. even taught that. I feel. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, with you, it was just like, you called me. Mm-hmm. And I can hear you from the mm-hmm. phone. I can hear you from outside the door. Yeah. Right? And you're like, how do I do this? And I'm explaining to you how to put an injection on somebody, put mm-hmm. insulin mm-hmm. in this person um, through the phone. And I'm mm-hmm. like, do you see this? Do you see that? Right. And, and you're right. So I can I can understand how that added stress as well. But, you know, through all of that, you took care of us. Mm-hmm. You um, dad was able to help you because he was um, a couple of days in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So by the time he came out, it was supposed to be non-contagious. I think he came out the, the 11 or 12. Yeah. So that was safer and all that stuff as well during that time so he helped and that was a little bit better for you yeah. as well and then mom came out then ryan and i came out right? yeah. so we all got through it and i think that's the phenomenal phenomenal thing about this right that we as a family came through it but we have been so united from that so grateful that we're alive that we're here together and i think we just see life in a whole different way because we were in imminent danger because our life was in danger due to this virus mm-hmm. and that's um, and not a lot of people understand that if you haven't seen someone go through it or haven't been through it yourself sometimes, right? At least from our perspective. We can only talk from our perspective. So um, in your words or seeing it back, what was the most challenging thing for you going from patient zero to caregiver? What was the challenging thing? Just say staying patient, staying positive was probably the most, yeah. uh, I guess, difficult thing. Not only for me, but I, but I mean, maybe you, Brian... Uh, mom, dad, and everybody else can probably relate. Just staying positive. Um, just, you know, telling yourself, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. This this just got nothing on me, right? Yep. yep. So, it's, so it's just making sure that you, I guess, give yourself those positive affirmations, no matter how small they are. Yeah. Or m- m- maybe even no matter how meaningless you feel it is that they are. Yeah. Uh, they, they do go a long way for your morale, just for the way that you... Uh, carry on and you go about things every minute or every hour or every second right like right it, whatever you need do your affirmations. right yeah. right right so yeah it's, yeah it's just um, it's a good thing that you know we're all through it uh, obviously I'm vaccinated fully now but you're disclosing on your own terms. Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know I yeah. believe vaccination is a choice and do whatever you right, feel right. comfortable and whatever your health your professional um, medical health provider yeah. is stating to you as well. Yeah, there's but, yeah. you know you always have friends who say, oh, you know what, I'm gonna wait on it, or oh, you know what, like I'm not gonna take it, right. and you know it, it's fine. I'm not gonna you know bash them. Yeah. I'm not gonna In hit your them perspective. for them not taking. Yeah. yeah, that's that's just me speaking for me. Yeah. Um, but that's just the way it is that I feel about it. You know, it, it it's it's people's choice. It's nothing that should be forced upon somebody, you know, if you want to go ahead and take it, uh, you know, based off of what you know and the research it is that you've uh, seen on TV or uh, on the web, then, you know, go ahead and do whatever fits best for you. Yeah, and I agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to, like, just, just ask you, ask you this, is there... Um, anything that you want to share or give advice to those that are listening right out there Mm -hmm. um that may have gone through this that may have lost someone or who or those that um you know are just seeing this perspective where it's affecting their families for the first time what would you say to all of those people 
with this feel it, it's just more of reiteration of just be positive you know now whether if it's mm-hmm. Again, by giving yourself positive affirmations, you know, of, you know, like this shit's got nothing on me. I'm going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Um, praying, you know, just whatever it is makes you feel most comfortable and most certain that, you know, you'll pull through this no matter what happens, no matter how bad the situation yeah. is. Um, obviously, like we said before, everyone gets it differently. Um, but just, you know, keep fighting. You know, it's not over till it's over. Um, but just yeah. make sure you, well, that, you know, take care of yourself, yeah. take care of your mentality. It's also hard, right? Because we lost a family member as well due yeah. to this. Um, so that's that's also hard. I think we're we're grieving so many things with this virus, not just um, physically, but also just so many other things, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we're not also like mental health professionals, but like I seek out mental health, um, you know, help through a therapist as well and that's helped me a lot so you know if if you can if you're able to or if there's free resources out there which a lot of them have come up look at through your county through um schools as well look them up through education um, or nonprofits as well right like um look into that i think that helps a lot but you know sometimes it's just like when, when we get to those points of we're losing people we're losing our family members due to this virus like you know what else can we say what else can we say other than like there there is another way that like we got to be positive we got to give ourselves time and space as well um and we never know because we didn't know i didn't know if i was gonna make it you know mm-hmm. i didn't know if the rest of you were gonna make it yeah um and that was hard that was difficult as well to to know that and go through it and think of it and being like man is this it for me and thinking mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i literally thought that is this yeah. it for me yeah um so I think that's been hard and grieving that too, right? But I would say, you know, seek out like professional assistance for that extra support as well. Uh, reach out to your family as yeah. well and talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Friends that you trust and can be vulnerable with as well. You know, we, we all need to support one another and be there for one another in any way that we can as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel that you're a phenomenal person. You took care of us for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, and you just you were catering to us yeah. you know you were you were being a big parent which i love you for and i appreciate you um you know to me how do you how would you define being phenomenal how have you like created that definition in your life yeah i would just say most importantly just be yourself you know obviously there's instances in life uh where you know things are going to change you but just stick the course, you know, and, and it's like a RIP Nipsey Hussle. Um, it, it's his anniversary today, and I was actually just listening to this on the radio where... And Selena, um, don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, he, 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 uh, he was being interviewed, and he says it's just the marathon, right? The marathon continues. Uh, and what he went on to elaborate to say is uh, he said, you know, there's always obstacles. Uh, from beginning to end, right? So, like, it's always going to be a roller coaster. You have ups, you have downs, you know, but you got to stick the course, you know, and you have to keep going, keep pushing, keep your head up. Um, and, you know, soon enough, you'll get through it. Um, no matter how, like I said before, bleak the situation is, just keep going at it, 
you know, that's part of life. You have positives, you have negatives. It's a lot of things you learn from, whether if it's positive or negative. So just keep going, don't give up, uh, and let life take its course. Yeah, and I want to thank you for being, again, my first guest and coming and talking about your experience, being vulnerable and talking with honesty and how you define being phenomenal. So thank you so much for that as well. Um, and to all our listeners out there, you know, always make sure that when in doubt with this virus, just always refer to any um, your health providers if you can, if you have access to them as well. Um, look, you know, ask all the questions that you need to ask and just stay safe out there and remember wear a mask they do protect lives as well and do whatever you need to do to feel comfortable and safe during this time so y'all until next time thank you all so much for listening and tuning into this episode of phenomenal you bye guys